I scream, you scream, we all scream for WWE releasing talent. Welcome to another episode of the Shoot Brothers Wrestling Podcast. This is a wrestling podcast. It's online. It's hosted by myself, Cameron Osborne. It's also hosted by Mike, the Shoot Shepherd. Ah! <laughs> That's right. That's right. Right when you think the wrestling world couldn't get any better. More <laughs> free agents. Uh, scour the landscape, folks. We have a great show coming up. We have uh, our normal week, I guess. Um, AEW is premiering this Friday, so we won't actually be talking about that uh, this week. But we will kind of be able to cover Double or Nothing, which is on Sunday. The card feels like it's pretty full already. Yeah, yeah they, they already announced the buy-in, so I don't think... I don't think they'll add anything else at this point. Just kind of wrap all the storylines up. It's already at nine matches plus a pre-show. There's one TBA spot still left on the uh, Casino Battle Royal, which I'm sure will be figured out on Friday. Um, well, you know, sometimes I like to have the mystery. Or sometimes it could be a mystery. You know, waiting for yeah. one of these top free agents. The Joker. Or however they do it, the Jokers. The yeah, however they, the, the, how, whatever they call it. I can never, <laughs> I can never quite remember yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I said it to just kick off the show. Uh, WWE keeps releasing talent after only seven weeks. Uh, our, I mean, I, I, I want to say everybody's favorite, uh, <laughs> everybody's favorite <laughs> raw commentator. Um, well, my but, favorite man named Adnan, I'll say that. My favorite man, that's true. There have been very few uh, people named Adnan who have commentated for pressure. Adnan Verk, or Vic. I didn't the even man. I couldn't even learn his name. It happened so quickly. <laughs> uh, was released or mutual, whatever. Uh, they're gonna have to fill his spot on Raw. Probably a good decision, bad decision. What do you think? Yeah, I mean the guy. He wasn't. Uh, you know, he had. You know, he he had the enthusiasm and stuff, but he clearly didn't know very much about the wrestling or like. Yeah, none of the characters, the moves really. He would react to little moves or not react to big moves, things like that. You know, Just, he seems it, like a nice enough guy, but the job wasn't for him. It's a difficult job. We're not saying anybody can do it. That's why it's been the same people doing it this whole time. That's why it's been Jr. Jerry the King Lawler, Michael Cole doing this for decades because it's not just something that people can uh, or Don Callis over New Japan it's not just something that people can just hop into right away and fucking get it especially play by play yeah so I was thinking maybe that uh, Tom Phillips comes back in the picture but then it turns out today there was another release Tom Phillips is gone now this one's a little bit maybe more interesting or different, Mike, because I don't think there has been an official uh, statement about his release. Melters just Melter said it, which means that yeah, it's probably is, true. Yeah, I believe it, but it's uh, it's still surprising because yeah, I don't know who's going to replace Adnan now, unless they got someone else in the wings. Isn't this weird? Tom Phillips, like we said, you know, one of the few, one of the good people at this very, very difficult job. Yeah, I thought he's been solid on, you know, he's hopped around between pretty much every show and he's always done a good job. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'll be, we'll wait to hear the details on his release because that one's definitely more surprising. Whether it was on, uh, you know, main event, I'm sure, maybe 205 Live, like whatever it is, he was good at it. So yeah, uh, should we talk about the other big release or 
We're still on it, baby. We're late. We're we're just waiting. We're full of releases. <laughs> this is shortly. This is so, going to soon become just a podcast where we talk about people who have lost their jobs. Uh, <laughs> by the um, I had it right up here. The 2021 uh, Dynamic Online Business Award winning uh, WWE. So, Mike, uh, keep going. Keep going with these releases. They did just win an award about being a great company. Yeah, well, um, I don't even have—I don't have a list in front of me. I just—is uh, there any other um, middle road names before the big one at the end? Uh, I think there was an NXT man, but one of those like they haven't even made it onto television yet. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, I—I uh, I think those were sort of everyone in the middle there. It's just so hard to keep track of all these people who keep getting released. Yeah. Well, then of course the big one, uh, the Velveteen Dream. It's gone from NXT, kind of, uh, you know, a, a year or so after all that online controversy, accusations came out. Um, you know, obviously he was never criminally convicted, but uh, the court of public opinion definitely turned on him. And it, uh, yeah, there was no really going back after that. He, they tried to bring him back. They tried to turn him heel, but it just didn't buy. People were done with him at that point, so. And NXT officials and Triple H and everybody still saying that it had nothing to do with that. And that yeah. their investigation of the event yielded no results. And this was actually due to like a, like a personnel backstage uh, story kind of thing. You know, yeah. or like issue I or have, whatever. Yeah, I have heard that Yeah, he was a bit of a, you know, big head, a bit of an arrogance, had some drug problems. Uh... I think that there's people have looked up. He was criminally, or he did have like a DUI at some point in the last year or so, or some sort of trouble with the law, not related to that other incident or the accusations. So there was stuff going on behind the scenes that he was troubled with. But yeah, no, most of us, I mean, we pegged him as a future champion, future world champion. This he, guy. He, he was a future WrestleMania main eventer. Uh, yeah. I think that goes without without saying too. Yeah, so the fall from grace. I mean, the man's what, like 23, 24, something like yeah, that? He's, yeah. I don't know. But Real young. I don't know. I mean, uh, he's definitely got uh, a negative aura around him uh, that's going to follow him around for a bit. Whether, I don't know. I don't, I don't see him going to any big promotion. Obviously, I don't think AEW or anything like that. Yeah, I don't see any of the big promotions taking him back unless there's, a, or taking him, or taking the chance on him, right? Unless there's some kind of huge development to the story or something like that you know uh yeah. you know video evidence proving uh his <laughs> innocence you know but yeah anything short of that yeah that's it for yeah. the that's it for the dream that's it for the dream that's it he did he did kind of come out and make a statement or whatever but basically just refuting yeah yeah you know did did his thing uh you know, that being said, Delia, Chris D'Elia's podcast is back up and running. So is it really? he he's getting live stand updates in Austin, Texas. Mm. Uh, you know, Kevin Spacey just signed on to his first role. Uh, I heard about that. Seven, Isn't it like a, a <laughs> he's pretty much playing like a detective for himself. Yeah, like hunting uh, pedophile. Yeah, here. he's playing a detective of uh, for a of a like in a case of somebody who is wrongly <coughs> convicted of <laughs> yeah it's too a little too on the nose for me spaceman you're gonna have to you're gonna have to work uh, a little bit harder yeah yeah I don't know I don't know the world 
the world. Uh, I don't know. That's about all I can say. That's about all we can say. I think that was. Yeah, uh, I want to go further. Yeah, I think that was it for our trip around the ring. Uh, unless you have any other kind of news pressing or something that uh, comes to mind. No, I think that was all the major stuff. If anything else comes along during the show, we'll get it. <laughs> if, yeah, if any more people lose their job in the midst <laughs> of this podcast recording, uh, the fans at home. Uh, we'll certainly hear about it. Well, then let's get into yeah. our wrestling week, shall we? Let's kick it off the only way that we know how, which is with crowning a brand new Tweet of the Week champion. It's the Tweet of the Week. It's the Tweet of the Week. Uh, tweet of the Week champion this week going to a man who is... Uh, not only familiar with the Tweet of the Week championship, but also t- just familiar with championships in general. Whether you're, um, you know, uh, on Ring of Honor, whether you hold the WWE championship for, I don't know, some, some 434 days. I don't know. <laughs> we all know what we're talking about. We're talking about the chick magnet himself, CM Punk. Uh, becoming a now uh, solidifying himself into the second most reigns of all uh, of all Tweet League champions with six reigns. Wow, um, which is incredible for him. When earlier on uh, in the week, All Elite Wrestling uh, kind of posted themselves, "Hey, very limited quantities of AEW Unrivaled Series Four figures are now available at shopaew.com." Brand new wrestling figurines. People love them. You can buy one of Cody. You can buy one of Kenny Omega, Matt Hardy, Ortiz Santana, or Sammy Guevara. Where, you know, that player slash slash coach, Chicago's own (laughs) CM Punk had something to say, which was really just quite frankly, where the fuck is Britt Baker? Here, here. Here, here. Where the fuck is Britt Baker? <laughs> You're right. This is uh, this has got to be one of the top wrestler, one of the top wrestlers on the planet in her division. Yeah. I mean, goddamn, Brandy Rhodes was in like the first series of those figures. It's ridiculous. Remember when Brandy Rhodes? Remember when she wrestled? She used yeah, to wrestle. No one, no one cared. But and Cody, he has like six figures already in that goddamn toy line, from what I've heard. So, Britt Baker, come on, folks. You can even do a two-pack, throw Reba in there with her. With the with go. the cane and everything. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> and she's been in, uh, Britt Baker's been injured so much that you have so many accessories just, like, built in right there. You've got the yeah. the nose, like, the face mask nose cover. You've got the ACL knee brace. Uh, <laughs> all, like, you know, these little, little pieces of accessories. So they have to put on the bottom, you know, chokeable pieces. Keep out around your children. Yeah, no, I see they come with, like, swappable heads, so you can throw up the busted open Britt Baker and things like that. See? Hey, now we're talking. Who's who's working over there at ShopAEW.com? Because, uh... This I think it's is Cody. The, it's, probably, it's, probably, it's probably just Cody there. Like, make another one of me. I got a neck yeah. tattoo. We need a new figurine. I got a new shirt. Yeah, I got new a, tattoo. Got a new uh, shirt. How many, how many, uh, figures do you think the dog has? Uh, probably none, but maybe one possible but it's possible there could be one yeah i mean yeah it's not out of the question it's, it's really not i forgot the dog's name but pharaoh pharaoh i knew it was a one name or like a one thing <laughs> oh wait that's two a syllables yeah <laughs> yeah it's two syllables that, that, that sounded immediately dumb as soon as i came out of my mouth it was like i knew his name you, was one word like most have ever, names have you ever known a dog with two word name um I uh, we we always gave our dogs like middle names sometimes uh, <laughs> or last names. 
Um, I know we had a Jack Russell Terrier. She was putter rudder Osborne because when she would swim, she would make a little wake with her little terrier tail. You know that the, oh, yeah. that's like no spins li- like a propeller. They go faster. Exactly. Yeah, we used to call it putter <laughs> rudder. Uh, I have a friend whose dog is Darla May. So kind of like yeah. when you're call when you're when you're being endearing in a close situation, it's like hello, Darla May. But when you're calling yeah. her, like you know, when she kind of you know, like Darla, come here. Yeah, I, I mean more like just a two-word name, you know, like this is my dog, Trash Can, because <laughs> he eats a lot. Especially when it's an it's object. Trash can. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's a good point. It's not like a name like, this is my dog, Special Agent Jack Bauer of the <laughs> of Yeah, the like some people do that. They're like, this is Professor Puppykins. <laughs> Professor, some people have weird this names. is my cat, Professor Puppykins. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah! Shout out to all the dogs with two names out there, uh, and all those things. Well, let's go. Uh, let's move on with the podcast, shall we? And get into our <laughs> wrestling week. Let's go to a place where we're not. Uh, we're not talking about professor puppies. You know, we're not talking about little terriers. There's only one animal on this show, and that's the big dog, which of course means we're talking about SmackDown Live. Okay, folks, it's Friday night. It's time for SmackDown Live. It uh, used to be on Tuesday, but then uh, I think it was on Friday before, though. No, no, wait. We used to film it on a Thursday and then release it. It's just SmackDown Live. A show with no no changes. I mean, I guess Corey Graves kind of left a little bit while ago. So our commentary team here on SmackDown, I think, is pretty fucking set. Yeah, I'd say it's you got a damn good combo there. Michael Cole, Pat McAfee, they both bring a lot to the table. Both, yeah, they both bring a lot to the table. Um, but yeah, let's get into it. We're actually, I think, uh, we does the show kick off this week with uh, newly appointed WWE official Sonya Deville coming down. Uh, can we still say newly appointed? I don't know. Yeah, it's been she's a while, been... but you know, it's been a while since she's been hanging around backstage. I guess she's the newest appointed. The newest so. appointed <laughs> WWE official, Sonya Deville, uh, welcoming all of us uh, staring onto our television screen to an extra special of uh, edition of SmackDown Live, where she uh, let us know that at the beginning of July, the, uh, the company's going on the road, including their big first trip to Houston. Uh, Houston, Texas, July, uh, still about a month away from that point now. Who knows what the scene's going to look like going on. However, on advertising posters, we do see the likes of Edge and Sasha Banks. Hey, yeah, that sounds good to me. Uh, Yeah, July 16th, SmackDown, and then Money in the Banks that weekend. So, going to have, I think it's going to be full full crowds, full packed houses down in texas there and notice how it's smackdown going on tour not on my not monday night raw <laughs> like they're like well, hey, we can only back one thing to like guarantee <laughs> cash what is a guaranteed money maker i don't know roman reigns yeah well i mean they'll both be going but smackdown's I'm sure, the I'm first sure. one smackdown's back. the first one go back it's hey two hours is easier baby yeah uh so she makes her announcement then apollo cruz comes out um uh, Oh yeah, he just cut some promo. I don't know. He's he's Nigerian. He's doing his thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's there with uh, Aziz. Aziz, yeah. And then Paul Heyman comes out to cut a promo and puts over Roman for being the champion of WWE. Mm-hmm. But then Bailey comes out and she says, "Yeah, I was the best champ of the Thunderdome era." And then she just insults everyone. So uh, Bianca comes out, and then Shayna and Nia come out and they attack. So Natalia, Tamina come out. And everyone just fights. 
In the classic thing, uh, this was a good old-fashioned terrible segment that, that served very little purpose other than possibly reiterating the announcement uh, from earlier in the day. Um, and then, yeah. of course, I guess we had to set up a, uh, a six-woman tag, which, of course, comes uh, coming up. Uh, and that seems to be a problem across, you know, both Raw and SmackDown, right? Why not just announce the damn match ahead of time? <laughs> I mean, isn't, well, it, isn't it funny that sometimes they'll announce, like, uh, a championship match on a pay-per-view on their fucking Twitter account, yet, like, week to week, <laughs> they can't do the exact same thing and maybe saving us 25 minutes? Well, uh, the one thing you and I were both hoping was, I mean, now that Nia and Shayna, they're not even supposed to be on SmackDown anymore. They lost the titles, so this has to count as one of their... Quarterly invitations, right? Ah, uh, Mike, I'm so glad you brought that up. <laughs> of course, we are talking about the brand-to-brand invitational, uh, which, as we can all recall, we are in the midst of season two of the brand-to-brand invitational. October 17th <laughs> is the cutoff day. And, um, yeah, that's exactly it. For months now, months and months, Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax have uh, skipped over this um, this rule because they have been champions and allowed to travel back and forth between brands. However, their time is up. Time's that's up. That's right. Nia, time, time hashtag now. time's up. Uh, you, <laughs> the two of you have just burned your very first of five. You are only allowed five in a calendar year. Uh, Braun Strowman came the closest, but it is an asterisk because it was Raw Underground, and we're still not <laughs> sure where to kind of put that, but we will never forget. Yeah. Uh, we'll probably forget this match. <laughs> uh, you know, it was standard, breaks into chaos, everyone hits their moves. Um, Shayna ends up putting Natty in the Kirafuda clutch and taps her out. So, God damn it. Doesn't look like Nia and Shayna are leaving this tag division. Not only does it not look like they're leave, leaving this tag division, it does it does appear as though they may have a uh, a re uh, you know kind of a rematch <laughs> coming up in the sometime distant future. Uh, submission match. Give us the submission match, right? We got that Kirafuda clutch. We have the sharpshooter. Uh, that maybe you know it's, it's it's not a popular stipulation for a tag team match, but I'm sure crazier things have been done. Yeah, we could. Uh, I'm sure we could come up with a move for Tamina and Naya to do something simple. Uh, <laughs> I don't know an ankle lock. <laughs> I'm yeah. sure Naya could pull off an ankle lock. What about the old just lie on top of them? <laughs> Is that one okay? Yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, then we get another candle lit uh, promo from Alistair Black. We're into chapter four now. Ooh. This one was just talking about the origins of his tattoos. Um. But yeah, once again, I'm ready just to see him in the ring. Mm -hmm. Enough of the hype. Yeah, let's hope it happens sooner rather than later because this this can happen, right? We kind of sit on, uh, we just kind of sit on these promos to make them interesting, and then we kind of find ourselves in like a current uh, Alexa Bliss type situation. <laughs> and the glasses, the glasses still. Glasses look cool. He's got cool glasses, and he's got a, <laughs> a little, kind of looks like a fake eye. So I'm on board. Yeah, the fake eye. Continuity, uh, right? He left with uh, one messy eye, so he better come back with one eye oh, different. Oh, yeah. How did he injure his eye again? Um, somebody did it to him. <laughs> but, he was well, yeah. but he was wrestling for months <laughs> in, uh, in the eye patch. Yeah, I remember that part. That part was fun. Continuity, but, baby. Uh, We're keeping it alive. Uh, King Corbin comes out, cuts a promo, 
And uh, yeah, the continuity's there. He's not wearing the crown because Dako Mora stole it last week and he's been flaunting it, posting pictures on social media. So Corbin's pissed. He calls Nakamura out. Uh, but instead, we see this uh, this random big buff dude just playing the electric guitar. And Corbin just says, who the hell are you? And he goes, I'm Rick Boogs. I came to rock with the real king of SmackDown. Shinsuke Nakamura. And then he uh, <clears throat> proceeds to play Nakamura's theme. And Nakamura comes out wearing Corbin's crown. So, uh, yeah, I mean, this Rick Books guy, uh, uh, he's from NXT. I think he appeared on there like once. Rick Boogs. <laughs> well, I mean, you may have uh, recognized him as Rick Boobs. Boobs. <laughs> I recognized him as Joseph Average, the former champion of the 24-7 title uh, when, uh, uh, as, uh, when he was um, as an old Spice representative. Yeah, I did not realize I was the same. The mustache, though, now that I think about it. Same the guy. This this yeah. man is a two-time 24-7 uh, title winner, which is one more than Gronk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so, I mean, uh, you know, we've we've got the Elias on the other show, so this guy's a bit of a similar character, but I don't know, whatever. Yeah, sure. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, they gave a, I guess he's going to be someone. Is he a manager? Is he going to wrestle? Maybe he's I just going to be a hype man. They gave him the whole introduction, so he's somebody at least. And Rick this wasn't like Boogs. a one time. <laughs> it was a weird, weird name. I gotta say it. Yeah. Better than this Joseph wasn't. Average, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. If there was a crowd, we could better gauge whether he's going to get over or not. I could see people liking him. Yeah. Yeah. But who knows? Elias was fun at first. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyways, we get to a match. Nakamura, Corbin. They go back and forth. Uh, Corbin's in control when Boogs jumps on the announce table and just starts wailing on his guitar again. Uh, Corbin goes for the end of days, but Nakamura slips out, gets Corbin with a small package for the three count. Three count for Shinsuke Nakamura. We were talking about, uh, you know, when when will the King of the Ring come back? Uh, it could be sooner rather than later. Yeah, I hope this culminates in... It could be uh, a fun thing to get us through the summer, I think, especially yeah. for getting more eyes on the show. You know, people are already probably watch less television in the summertime anyways, uh, so it could be the right time for it. Yeah, maybe you have it uh, yeah, in between. You're in between Money in the Bank and SummerSlam there, the dog days of summer. Sure, yeah, maybe, uh, maybe the King of the Ring tournament will cul culminate at SummerSlam, for all we know. Yeah, that could be fun. Uh, then we get Roman Reigns. And the tribe coming out, and Reigns says he will allow his special counsel to celebrate him. So, Heyman gets on the mic and just puts him over for being the champ and being the best. We close out with Roman calling his cousin Jimmy Uso down. But Cesaro comes out instead, and he's got his arm in a sling and cuts a promo. He's looking for Rollins, but he heard Roman droning on, so... Anyways, as he's talking, Rollins ambushes him from behind and just beats him around the ring. Uh, it even cuts Cesaro's head at some point. Yeah, somehow someone got bloody. Yeah, a little cut there, and then uh, Seth hits him even more, hits a curb stomp, and then hits a second curb stomp onto the steel ramp. Yikes. And they, they bring up the medical team as Rollins just looks on with these crazy eyes. He's gone nuts. Gone nuts, gone nuts. Uh, th yeah, this was all this was all fun and good. 
Um, I guess, you know, maybe kind of continuing the feud here with Sars uh, wow, with Cesaro and Roman Reigns. Keeping him on screen because Roman Reigns needs shit to do as Universal Champion. Eventually, yeah. him and Seth Rollins will cross paths. But uh, yeah, it's maybe happen. it's not quite yet. What's our next pay-per-view? The uh, Hell in a Cell. Yeah. Um, June, right? Mid-June or something? Yeah, it's probably about three weeks or so from okay. now. Uh, yeah, I don't know if it's... Yeah, he, Roman's need, he'll need a challenger. So, well, And, you know, and you're always thinking, right? We need two matches in the cell. It happens every year. We get two matches inside of the cell. You know, and the more Uso, uh, Rollins type of interference we see, this could be a prime candidate for that match. Could be. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ray and Dominic come out, and then the Dirty Dogs come out. And I, I don't know. I think they had a new entrance theme, the Dirty Dogs. Okay, I didn't. I did not notice. I did not notice if they did not say that. Yeah. You know, I've I've missed these things before. It was more than just like a mishmash. Like it was still kind of like combining, but it was still like an original new theme. I think I because Robert Roode had such an incredible theme. Yeah, it was the yeah. NXT uh, that takeover Toronto when he, there was like the whole there was like a choir singing alongside him. Yeah. It was a banger. I mean, arguably more over than the man himself. Arguably. His entrance. <laughs> arguably. <laughs> but uh, we get a one-on-one match here. Robert Roode taking on Dominic. And uh, Roode's in control early on, but he misses a big shoulder tackle in the corner. So Dominic follows up with a 619 into a frog splash. And that gives him the big win. Still big wins for Dominic early on in his Well, career. yeah, still big win. And now being uh, the SmackDown champion, we're going to get to see those, that 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 50-50 thing where he'll, you know, next week we'll get Ray and Dolph, and then Dolph will go <laughs> over. But this week Dominic went over. You know, that kind of thing that we do to tag team champions. <laughs> uh, yeah. We have them lose, but as solo competitors to only, like, maximize the legitimacy of their... Uh, of their tag championships. I don't really know. This was all said and done in four minutes time, maybe. Yeah, pretty short. Not mm-hmm. much to, not much there. But uh, we go backstage where Jimmy Uso tells his brother Jay that he got them a tag team match booked for next week against the Street Profits. Uh, but Jay's not so excited. He's like, oh, man, I got to go tell Roman about this. So Jimmy's just like, man, stop being a bitch. Stop being a snitch. Snitch gets stitches. Snitch, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but then your main event of the evening, we got a fatal four-way match for the Intercontinental Championship. Apollo Crews defending against Big E, Sami Zayn, and Kevin Owens. Kind of the uh, the pillars of the, the division at the moment here. Yeah, one of the strong... I mean, you know, and SmackDown continues to be uh, one, one of the stronger shows on TV with one of the stronger mid-cards. Like, yeah, you yeah. know, just hearing all four of these names in, uh, you know, in a fatal four way, this feels pay per view ready. Yeah, lots of uh, lots of good wrestling here. Just fast paced, uh, high flying, lots of beef though as well. Oh, so much and- beef, <laughs> so much beef in this ring. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, everyone's getting their moves in. Lots of big near falls. Uh, Apollo Cruz, it's a nice Death Valley driver to Owens on the edge of the apron there. But then Big E comes flying in with his terrifying suicide spear he does through the ropes to the floor every time I have a little heart attack. Because <laughs> it just seems like he just he just flies. He doesn't care how he lands. He yeah, he's a little it. too top heavy. <laughs> 
to make me feel confident in doing that, you know? Yeah, like the weight. There's just so much beef. God damn it. God damn it. <laughs> Owens hits Cruz with a big pop-up power bomb, but he kicks out of that at two. Um, but then after that, Big E hits Apollo with the big ending. He's got the match won, but when he goes for the pin, Commander Aziz pulls him out, pulls him out of the ring. Uh, so Big E has to fight him off. He gets back in the ring. But then the lights go out. Uh, yeah, but it's not the fiend. Uh, we get some smoke, some smoke on the entrance ramp, and then through the smoke walks the returning Alistair Black. He's finally gotten out of that candle room, and like you mentioned, he's he's got the contact lens in his eye. He's, you know, he's blind, but he's here to fight. But he can see. Yeah, he's he can see the light. Uh, but Big E's not going to be able to see because. He just gets nailed with the black mask, knocks him out. Alistair Black walks away. So Apollo Crews takes advantage, covers E, gets a three count, retains his title. But what does this mean? Is Alistair Black a heel now? And why does he hate Big E? <laughs> yeah, what did Big E ever do to him? <laughs> the black mask continuing to be, you know, one of the one of the premier kicking kicks in all of sports entertainment. Gotta yeah, say, the way so it always always so smooth, and it's just right one on of the these button. things. He's done it. A tr he's done it a million times. He knows what he's doing here. Yeah. Hey, I'm excited to have him back. Uh, a big E, Alistair Black program that could be fun. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Probably. This whole, I mean, you know, or or just another guy in this IC title hunt. Uh, you know, hopefully it's it, it's 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 funny to see this fun return. And again, the show was only two hours. We only had four wrestling matches on this entire show. I mean, this last one took up what felt like, you know, like the, the whole last kind of like almost a full hour. This, uh, you know, with commercials yeah, and all yeah, that Yeah, definitely shit. a big chunk. Uh, but yeah, pretty good match. Good, nice to see Black return. Uh, yeah, SmackDown continues to be the dominant brand. <laughs> yeah, SmackDown, SmackDown continues to be the A show. Uh, no matter what our execs on the USA Network might say, that was our SmackDown. Let's move uh, through the week on to um, the, the C show. <laughs> <laughs> of course, we're talking about Monday Night Raw. Let's get raw. <laughs> television program that's been it's it's technically it's technically older than tv uh vince mcmahon senior 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 started professional <laughs> wrestling in the year 1521 uh and then you know throughout the family lineage eventually turned it into the longest running episodic television show of all time it's amazing days of our lives can suck our dicks <laughs> take that oh. general <coughs> hospital yeah, they got nothing. Those are all the those are all the uh, those are all the soaps that come to mind. But we do have we are just under four weeks until we do hit a uh, hell in a cell, so we know shit needs to be starting. Uh, this week Raw opens up with MVP introducing uh, the man of the hour. Do we are we still calling him that? Uh, Bobby Lashley, f yeah. flanked by just beautiful women. Yeah, different set. A from whole the previous different week. set of beautiful <laughs> of five women. Uh, Bobby Lashley requires his women five at a time. 
This three, is 2007 th Tiger Woods, Bobby Lashley. Yeah, three on one side, two on the other. <laughs> um, and uh, that's exactly that, I guess. Um, because <laughs> if I were a hot lady and I had and I could, you know, kind of I, I could pick and choose maybe which champion I would want to be with. Yeah, Bobby Lashley might make the list. I don't know. Maybe Kenny Omega wasn't available for all we know. For all we know, there was no kind of women uh, operating that time slot. But anyways, uh, they recapped last week's main event. Yeah, they're uh, they're mad at Drew for costing Bobby against Kofi, and uh, so Drew comes out and just says, "Oh, come on!" Uh, he wants that title back. He wants a one-on-one -on -one rematch. Says he don't have any balls. Let me check with the ladies. Does he have any balls? Uh, they're very offended by his remarks. Like, <laughs> Vince McMahon wrote that line. Yeah, definitely. Clearly, uh, he just wrote that, that. So the New Day come out to interrupt, and Kofi mentions how he pinned the champion Lashley last week. Uh, Drew just says, you're welcome. Kofi says, I didn't ask or need your help. So Adam Pearce comes out to sort this mess out. Uh, he says, Drew McIntyre will take on Kofi Kingston. And the winner faces Bobby Lashley for the title at Hell in a Cell. Okay. So there you go. We'll settle that. But they said at Hell in a Cell, not in the cell itself. Yeah. We'll, we'll figure that part out. Okay. Later. But okay. Uh, they're going to jump right into this match. Kofi, Drew, uh, the size versus the speed here. And uh, Drew, he once again hits uh, an awesome Michinuku driver, which seems to have become a part of his moveset now, which I dig it. Yeah, he somehow got stronger. I didn't think it was possible for a man that size to uh, become a little more agile, but uh, he found a way. Yeah, but he loses focus after, um, you know, he points down to Bobby Lashley, who was just kind of watching from the ramp with his, his group of ladies. So Bobby and MVP, they come down to the ring to watch closer from ringside. Drew walks over to them, gets in the face. So Kofi just comes flying off the top rope with his big trust fall. Knocks Drew into Lashley. Uh, so then they uh, that pisses them off. MVP and Lashley just slide into the ring. Attack both men. So this match is thrown out. Uh, yeah, Xavier jumps in to help after. And they hit Lashley with a trouble in paradise. Claymore. Knock him out. Just knocked him out. Why, though? I mean, you gotta think your rage... And, and see, and and I I understand the superstar coming out. You know the Bobby Lashley. You know you're a wrestler. You don't know how to control your anger. That's why you need managers. But then when the manager does it, you're like, no, you're the one there <laughs> to keep the other guy in line. So this kind of shit doesn't happen. That being said, you know, yeah, uh, uh, Kofi Kingston is no stranger to the WWE Championship. He's held it. Yeah. Uh, but. Will he hold it again? Yeah. Will he hold it again? Only time will tell. However, uh, these guys went for 20, probably 20 minutes. Really? Well, I didn't know it was that long. But... Yeah. There's some, there some longer uh, matches on this week's Monday Night Raw than usual, I felt. Yeah. Uh, we go backstage where Charlotte Flair, Rhea Ripley are just talking smack to each other when good old Nikki Cross shows up. And good she's, old uh, Nikki Cross. Yeah, I've missed her. Mm -hmm. uh, she says, I can beat the both of you. Uh, so Charlotte says, yeah, I could beat you in two minutes, but uh, I've already got a match. So you do it, Rhea. So Rhea's like, all right. Uh, 
So we just jump right into Ripley taking on Cross, and uh, they went with it. She said two minutes, so this is a two-minute beat-the-clock challenge. So it's kind of unfortunate that Nikki's limited to just two minutes or less. But uh, The clock popped up there immediately, too. They're like, well, this, this isn't a 201. No, no, this is two. So, uh, yeah, Ripley just tries to use her size advantage and uh, tries to work over Nikki, but Cross fires back, hits a little flurry of offense. So Ripley just gets pissed and throws her in the corner, starts pounding on her. But the clock runs out. The buzzer goes off. She's failed to beat the clock. So uh, Nikki Cross wins, I guess. <laughs> Would have preferred a regular match. She's but. doing laps. She's celebrating. Yeah. So whatever. I mean. Which was also what? Yeah. I mean, it. It. it this is. This feels like a weird fifth. One of those fifty-fifty decisions we were talking about before, right? Like, I feel like the logical thing would be have your your dominant heel just beat her way before the two-minute time. You know, kind of crosses, right? But instead, they had Nikki Cross go the distance. And then while she's like running around the ring celebrating, all Ripley's just kind of like smiling there, looking at her. Uh, just with this kind of like, oh, I feel like you're less of a dominant champion right now. Yeah, the whole the whole booking of everything was weird. Yeah, very, very know. weird with just it all. So uh, who the heck knows? <laughs> uh, backstage, Kofi and Drew storm into Adam Pierce's office. And he tells them, next week, we're going to have a rematch between you two. Same stip. Winner faces Lashley. But the Hurt Business is banned from ringside. And they will see, they'll be suspended for 90 days if they break that protocol. 90 days. Approximately the amount of time that when you're released, <laughs> you're not allowed to uh, compete for another uh, or work for another yeah. company. Approximately. But, uh, this is this is without pay. So, hey. Oh, hey, wow. Chunk. Yeah. It's like a quarter of your yearly salary right there. That could be it, yeah. Uh, but then we go to some women's action. Charlotte Flair taking on Asuka. Again. Again? Why the heck not? I guess. Uh, I don't know. I want some different matchups, but as always, the wrestling you get with these two is going to be good. Uh, I've just seen a lot of it, but, you know, uh, they're always pulling out something different, something new once in a while. Mm -hmm. Charlotte has started to use her fiancé Andrada's move, that old, he goes for the big boot and turns it into the back elbow. Kind of like a Judas effect thing. Almost like a little Judas, Eddie Kingston type of uh, <laughs> quick pop. Yeah. So, uh, a couple cool moves in here. Uh, Asuka gets her in the Asuka lock, Asuka lock, but then Charlotte rolls through, holds Asuka down, and gets a three. Um, so, they both, so they both pinned each other in the last week, right? They're 50-50. Yeah. Uh, but for some reason, they announced Charlotte Flair is going to face Rhea Ripley at Hell in a Cell for the title. This is why we need power rankings, so we so we can follow a <laughs> logistical train of thought. This was the longest match on the entire episode of Monday Night Raw. And while this match has been booked quite a lot recently, it's almost kind of like hard to get mad at it. Uh, you know, I mean, certainly I would love to see maybe... We could have two separate women singles matches for 10 minutes each. Or would you rather just Charlotte and Asuka go for 20? I guess those are sort of the questions you have. I don't feel like there are many women on the roster, at least on the Monday Night Raw roster, who could put on a banger for 20 minutes. Yeah, there I just don't get the... Yeah, aren't many who can kind of fit in that bracket to begin with. Uh, and Asuka just keeps kind of, kind of uh, continuing to be awesome. Yeah, 
It's the it's the yeah, it's the title match that I'm that I don't get that you're most uh, con- confused about. Yeah, it's just at this point, it's just the meme that Charlotte has to be in it. Yeah, <laughs> Charlotte she, needs to. Charlotte just has. To, I, haven't, I haven't even looked at the uh, kind of pre Helena Cell or the the way too early Helena Cell card. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I guess that's it. That's it. Uh, but this is raw. This is the land of the rematch. So. Up next, we have Shelton Benjamin taking on Cedric Alexander. And, you know, it was fine. They're going back and forth uh, until Cedric hits the neutralizer to get the clean win. So, at least the right guy won, the young guy. At least the right guy won, the young guy. And I got to say, for whenever they break up the tag team, uh, you know, at least they're kind of getting matches. And they're pretty good, I think. Yeah. The star, yeah, the, the in-ring work is fine, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, I don't know where Cedric goes. I feel like he'd be better suited to, down in uh, the NXT with that cruiserweight type title. Yeah, yeah, somewhere in the Cedric Alexander Kushida type of space. Yeah. Because now that we've broken up this team, and God, we still haven't seen the Viking Raiders since that one uh, that one off. Um, yeah, yeah. There's a there's a bit of a a hole in this uh, tag team division right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let's move on because we got uh, a fun matchup here. We got Riddle taking on Xavier Woods, and this was just a banger of a match. I thought this just some cool moves throughout. Uh, Xavier did this really nice suplex where he like transitioned. They are on the mat grappling, and they just like picks him up off the mat right into the big suplex. Uh, and then they fight onto the edge of the apron and. Riddle hits Xavier with an attitude adjustment, John Cena style. But uh, yeah, I think no, I can't even remember who did what there. I can't remember who hit who with it. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, Riddle is out on the ground. Adnan Verk, one of his last moments on Raw, he says, "I've never seen that expression on Riddle's face before." And Corey Graves says, "You've never spent a Saturday night with him." Ha ha ha. <laughs> Drugs. Drugs <laughs> are funny. <laughs> yeah, but uh, Ben, after that, Riddle hits this amazing German suplex off the middle ropes, which sends Xavier flying across the ring, pretty much landing on his head. Um, crazy landing there. But uh, Woods, he tries to hang in. But then Riddle pulls an RKO out of nowhere, and that gets him the win. Uh, I thought this was an awesome match. Out of nowhere, you know what? This was one of the few, the, one of the few times I gotta say from recent memory where uh, two people with friends had a match that wasn't interrupted by their friends. Yeah, having not clean. having neither Kofi Kingston nor Randy Orton. Randy Orton doesn't fucking care about. Fucking Kofi and Xavier Woods he doesn't give a shit about these guys. Why would he come to ringside? This this was one of the few points where it kind of allowed these two men to focus on their match, which is rare yeah. because anytime you know, I mean, at least rare for Kofi or sorry, not Kofi, Xavier Woods. After so many years with the New Day, um, every single time he has a match, he probably has somebody ringside with him, or he is standing ringside for. Uh, somebody else's match uh and it for years for fucking for a fucking decade now he's been doing that 
Yeah. So we maybe don't even know. Hell, I didn't even know that he could have a great match with anybody. That with with anybody at any time. Boom, we need a match out of you, fucking Xavier. Boom. Yeah. No, this was awesome. No funny business. No trombone. Just two guys going at it. And cool- and as Matt Riddle continues to be booked well, we also start seeing that he can have great matches with anybody. That he can be incredibly safe but incredibly hard-hitting. Uh, we're learning so much about so many people uh, this week on Monday Night Raw. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, you know, we were having pretty good quality matches in the show up to this point. Uh, so it had to kind of take a bit of a dive somewhere. Uh, through no fault of uh, one of these next performers, because, of course, AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, taking on Jackson Riker. Um, so, yeah, nothing special here. Um, AJ's in control when Elias comes flying in. I think, yeah, Elias and Omos were supposed to not be at ringside, but Elias comes flying in. With his big symphony right to AJ's head uh, behind the ref's back. And then Riker follows up with a very underwhelming finisher, the sidewalk slam, or whatever it was. What what what's what's less uh what's less attractive that yeah, that slam or uh, the running bulldog finisher? <laughs> Dustin Rhodes's. I don't know. Uh, it's a tough yeah, one. Yeah, that's that's tough almost one. tough to like choose which one's worse. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, goddamn, Jackson Riker gets the three count on AJ Styles. Um, uh, yeah, don't like that too much, but Omos doesn't like it either. He comes running down, and he's got some good wheels on this guy, uh, because he finds Elias hiding, and he gets up. Uh, Elias and Riker try to run off, but Omos, he's got some good agility. He runs up the ramp right after him. Those long legs it's, of it's his like give four him- steps. <laughs> he's a yeah it's like a giraffe chasing a, uh, a squirrel a squirrel <laughs> <laughs> but uh he catches elias and he tackles him into the led board breaking a little bit of it uh and then he goes back to help his buddy aj yeah aj is aj's a great example i think of a 50 50 booking is just a fucking conversation of this whole podcast we might as well just break down every single match in a 50 50 sense because to me <laughs> and my make i don't know if you feel the same way aj styles feels like he is impervious to wwe booking he could win a string of singles matches he could lose hell back in uh april he lost three in a row to kofi xavier xavier uh in in singles um opportunities like i feel like he's just so good he is impervious to any terrible booking decisions that may come his way yeah he could easily uh he can go from a comedy segment one week to being in the main event the next yeah seamlessly yeah he can go to he can go yeah three embarrassing losses to a match of the year candidate uh, just by you know like like a flick like a switch just flicks on uh really just i want to credit aj styles (laughs) this week on just being so fucking good (laughs) yeah hey he deserves it he deserves it uh, then we go to Sheamus taking on Umberto Carrillo. So nice to see Carrillo back in the ring so soon after that little injury scare. Yeah, a little but, injury uh, scare, but uh, yeah, he's fine, which is good to hear. Yeah, he's fine. So they pick up where they left off. Uh, they go back and forth. Carrillo goes for the wheelbarrow DDT, but Sheamus holds on to him and he grabs the tights for the illegal leverage and gets a three count off that. There's a three count in a non-title match. So, uh, yeah, Seamus, yeah, he's, he's being a dick. He needs to defend that title. 
Even if he wins, just defend. Yeah, what? Because <laughs> I guess, so, I mean, it does seem like every single week we're getting, uh, you know, kind of a various championship opportunities. But honestly, it feels like the the women's tag team championship is the one that's defended the most. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's switching hands the least, but it's being defended <laughs> the most. Yeah, definitely. Uh, then afterwards, Sheamus beats down Carrillo, so Ricochet comes out to make the save. And they double team Sheamus. Uh, what was Ricochet wearing? I didn't. I didn't. I didn't notice this week. I think it was the black pants. Okay, again. we're still on pants. He's, Ricochet still wearing yeah. pants for everyone. Uh, He's only got one pair of pants. We got one pair of wrestling like, pants. For those, uh, for those uh, of you keeping track at home. <laughs> and then we get our weekly Eva Marie promo. Uh, I'll kind of lump them both together here. One was her on a movie set talking about being a hero. And the other was the in the in the gym training montage, you know, doing the rope things and the lifting, doing some squats, doing some doing some pants. squats, uh, yeah. running back and forth against the ropes. Yeah. Still coming soon. No date set. No premiere date. Yeah. Um, not only no premiere date, but I don't think any more excitement. Yeah. I mean, we already uh, I mean, I'm assuming she's a heel. Yeah, it's like either you know who Eva Marie is and you're stoked to see her again, or you don't know who Eva Marie is and you don't really care. There's no uh, like. In there's, a, there's a lot of people that know her and aren't stoked. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Maybe I, maybe I would fall stoked. in that category where yeah, I don't know who she is, but I'm also not excited. <laughs> there are people that know her and don't like her based on her first run. Based on her first, uh, yeah, twenty kind of mid yeah. mid twenty tens or whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. I like her for the. For the reasons I like Lana, I see I see the passion, and I want her to develop into what she can potentially be. Right, right, right. Which is different than uh, which is different than all other sports, right? Like if there was somebody on the Leafs who sucked, but they loved hockey, <laughs> they are the yeah. first one in, last one out. They were Toronto Maple Leafs fans since the day they were born, but <laughs> they're like minus twenty seven. When they're on the ice, fourth liner, play two and a half minutes a game. You're probably thinking to yourself, get that guy the fuck off my team. Uh, but no, here in professional wrestling, we can feel that way about people. That's right. <laughs> it's one of a kind. It truly is. But let's go to the main event of the evening. Uh, that spot is being given to the women's tag titles. So Natalia Tamina defending against no other than Shayna Baszler, Nia Jax. And for all sakes and purposes, just so we know, because I guess, you know, Shayna and Nia are official Raw superstars, so this will not count towards, uh, the, you know, of course, this is nothing, nothing to do with the brand to brand. And also, Natalia and Tamina, this is their first kind of foray over there. Uh, they've never been yeah. to this school before. And hey, I'm, uh, it's probably a main, first ever main event for both of them on Monday Night Raw or something. Yeah, it could be. Cause... Certainly Tamina. I mean, Nia, I feel yeah. like Natalia maybe. She, I mean, she was the SmackDown champ. She may have had a main event uh, somewhere around that reign or maybe in the Ruby Riot yeah. days. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, either way, I don't know. We've been saying it all the time. I hope this is the last time we see this matchup. But who knows? Uh, Reginald, he was told by Shayna beforehand to stay backstage. But, of course, he can't help himself. Mid-match, he comes strolling down. Uh, so Natalia gets Shayna in the sharpshooter. But then Reggie jumps up on the apron to distract the ref. But in between all that, Shayna reversed the move into a pin. So now Reggie Reggie is costing her valuable seconds. 
Uh, as the ref turns around, Natalia kicks out at two. So uh, Baszler yells at Reggie to leave. He walks up the ramp. And then this big pyro explosion just shoots out from the sides, causing him to fall down and grab at his eyes again. So he keeps getting... And just keeps damaging his eyes. And this was where we actually did hear Adnan Verk's last uh, call, which I believe was, What an explosion! <laughs> it was something like that. It was a pretty big explosion. I mean, it was a but, pretty big uh, explosion. But, I know. mean, camera angles helped it out, I guess. Of course. Made it look closer. But, uh, yeah, that all, all that chaos was enough to... Uh, distract from the in-ring action and Natalia catches Baszler with the deadliest move the inside cradle and gets the three count retains the belts the inside yeah the 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 roll up the most devastating move in all sports entertainment sit down stone cold stunner get out (laughs) of here tombstone pile driver the roll up see the undertaker just should have been doing the roll up the whole time because apparently it is the most effective maneuver well afterwards Shayna Baszler's pretty pissed off. She goes over. She grabs Reggie, tells him that next week she's going to face him. And that is your image that closes Raw. That, and then the credits <laughs> pop up, baby. Mike, you know on the, uh, I'm sure you've been in the shower, you know, just kind of maybe uh, coming home from a hockey game or something. You just kind of want, you know when you just want to stand in the shower and just kind of let the hot water just get all over yeah. you, right? Then you start yeah. looking around, you know, the shower. Maybe there's like a little hair on the uh, on the wall. You kind of like knock it off, <laughs> or you can kind of like cup the water and get the hair off. And then, you know, you see yourself like, oh, like well, what is this bottle of Tresemme? What's what's written on the side here? You start reading the you start reading the side of the bottle, and it says, you know, like so, you know, put in hand, apply to hair, rinse out, repeat process. And you think to yourself, but I just shampooed my fucking hair once. Why would I need to shampoo it again? Like, surely the shampoo, why don't they just make the shampoo better so I don't need to do it twice? That was, that's how I felt this week in professional wrestling. Why did we need to see the championship match on SmackDown and, and Monday Night Raw when we could have just seen it on SmackDown and they just, just make that one better? Because I also think this was not this was the le- lesser of the two matches. If I could choose, kind of the two uh, the Shayna Naya Natalia Tamina matches that we had, just fucking time to move on. It's just fucking time to move on. If Nia Jax favors uh, Reggie Reginald, then boom, maybe this could be the thing to break up Shia, Shayna and Naya once and for all. The only worst thing that could happen is that they break up and then we get Shayna and Naya for the rest of the summer. That's the only worst thing that can happen <laughs> right now because I don't think it could get any worse. Lather, rinse, repeat. Baby, that's the women's tag division. <laughs> that was Monday Night Raw. Mike, should we take a break right now? Yes, let's take a break. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back with a little bit of NXT coverage. And hey, a little top five in the middle there for you. So you're going to want to stick around. Woohoo! Welcome back to the podcast here, uh, folks. Part two, halfway through. The week that was wrestling. I'm just realizing now, Mike, this is uh, an exclusively WWE show. You know, back the way that the podcast started. Yeah, I mean, there uh, there was no AEW back in those times. No, there uh, wasn't. Back in the uh, the early eras of this show, you know, it was right this rise of Kofi mania. We'd have occasional 
New Japan shows that sparked our interest, but uh, and even NXT was not the uh, the hardcore integrated product that it is right now. Yeah, we didn't cover every episode of NXT, uh, so yeah, as time goes, our show has grown and expanded. Uh, but at you know at the at the cost of some other things, we we used to have a lot of middle segments, but sometimes there's just too much content in the week. We don't have time. There's not uh, enough time to do one show a week with a middle segment. Yeah. But, uh, you know, every once in a while, things come up, and we, we want to give you some bonus content in the middle here. We like to have some fun with these little games and uh, lists and all that. So this week, we're pulling out a top five. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Shoot Brothers Top Five. We're making some lists and we're talking some job It's about the wrestlers and the wrestling things From the inside, outside, lower the ring So much wrestling every week We're here to talk about the best for each of the peak We like Raw, Smackdown, NXT and Dynamite Keep the show going, cause we can talk all night It's a lot, it never stops, but we swear we're never bored So thank you Vince, thank you Tony, Triple H, the rest of Lord It's a night, it's entertainment, it's the world's greatest sport Now for no reason to trump it a little bit of Oscar in my life A little bit of Sasha by my side A little John Moxley's all I need A little bit of Cody's what I see A little bit of bubbly in the sun A little Royal Rumble all night long A little bit of wrestling, here I am A little bit of you makes me your friend Shoot Brothers Top 5 think we're gonna do the top five entrance themes of all time you know one of the most important things in wrestling dare i say uh you can have a great character you can have a great wrestling ability but if that entrance theme is not a hit uh you just don't have the same impact when you come out you know yeah no that's exactly it there are so many factors looking into uh what makes an incredible theme song you know, uh, the 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 sound the the first things the fans hear on a on a spectacular return from injury or from hiatus. You know, the uh, the way that it sounds when the three when you get ding 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 and you've won a new championship <laughs> belt. You know, the first thing you hear with the crowd pop. There's so many things uh, which are so important for so many reasons. Uh, but yeah, like you said, we're a top five theme songs now this is going to be another one of of course if you uh you listen back to the episode 100 spectacular when we ran through all of our favorites our uh fin yeah finishing maneuvers uh factions tag teams yeah. title belts the what ifs segment um mm -hmm. so we this is something we've done before and we did not cover theme songs uh and like that list was before it this list our our were totally different things when we we're talking about here <laughs> totally different things at least when it comes to you know uh favorite finishers or wrestlers or uh you know even belt designs there's a very finite but in theory we could select there's hundreds of possible options um for these best theme songs uh so these lists will be different absolutely uh but I have a feeling we'll see at least one or two. Yeah, we always one. might. <laughs> uh, so, Mike, this, uh, this of course, is your brain baby, your brainchild. Uh, so why don't you kick it off for us, coming in at number five. All right. 
I mean, this is always the hardest one because, you know, there's a, there's a lot of close ones to make the cut. But you got to have a hard line mm -hmm. somewhere. And, I mean, five is just an easy, perfect number. <laughs> the, the, the honorary even number in the world of numbers, you must say. Mm. Yes. Right? Everything divides by five nicely. Ni nice and nice. Okay. So, without further ado, um, I'm going to have to start off number five with the Undisputed Era. We all know the guitar riff. Uh, we all know the boom. Just such a nice crowd play along. Uh, one of the greatest factions in wrestling history. And they had the great theme song to go with it. Kyle O'Reilly's rocking out on the air guitar. Adam Cole's doing his boom. Strong and Fish are just being themselves. A perfect song for a perfect group. Uh, yeah, love it. Undisputed Era. Yeah. Nothing, 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 nothing more needs to be said. As you got right there, Mike, the evenly rounded number for me. I'm going a little bit different in my direction because, of course, yeah, there's there's dozens of honorable mentions that just don't make the cut. And hell, if this was the Olympics, number five wouldn't even be on there. <laughs> number four wouldn't even be on there. But we're sneaking one in. At number five, I am putting Judas. By Fozzie. Of course, we were talking about Chris Jericho's theme over the last two or three years. Now, for me, what's so special about this song? It's the way the fans interpret it. It's got to be it. There's nothing special to this hard kind of rock <laughs> song, which is different than other real songs that have kind of turned into entrant music, where I feel is that Fozzie is a band that only wrestling fans like. Not every wrestling fans likes, but only yeah. if you like American wrestling, you are a Fozzie fan. You are you are a Chris Jericho fan. You know all the words to Judas, and you're singing out loud just as you and I would be, Mike. And I would like to. Uh, I think my favorite moment that this song was used uh, was the intro to Chris Jericho at Revolution in 2020 when he had the choir standing at the top of the ramp that kind of <laughs> covered the intro, and then they went into the song. It was uh, it, it, a great moment. It's got a lot of rewatchability up there on YouTube. Uh, it, it was just a cool cool entrance and uh, synonymous with Chris Jericho going forward. A man who, not agree a man more. who has already had pretty iconic theme music just kind of oh, adds yeah. another oh, one. Yeah. I mean, Break the Walls was a great a great, uh, great theme for that era. Yeah, uh, But I could not agree more about that Jericho Judas. Uh, you know, the crowd. The crowd really helped. You know, the first month or two he had the song. with You know, no one was really singing it. I didn't really... I mean, and I didn't really notice it. I didn't pay attention. But once people started cheering it, singing along, I started listening to it on YouTube, learning the words. I'm like, damn, this is a, yeah, this is a good song. Learning like the seven words that there are. Uh, <laughs> run away. <laughs> yes. So uh, with all that being said, that leads me right into number four. Because I did have Jericho Judas at number four, wow. the very song we're talking about. So might as well just pile it all on there. Uh, Fozzie. The only song that I'll ever play of yours currently. <laughs> but uh, hey, at least you got a hit. You're going to millions of views on YouTube. I, I, I wonder if Chris Jericho is pitched to other members of AEW or the Inner Circle. Like, uh, my band and I will write you a song. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder it's like, so Cody, I got this great Cody, riff. Cody, I, I got this riff. Just have another singer sing it so it doesn't sound like Jericho. You know, like make it work yeah. somehow. Although I do have it on pretty good, on, on very good authority that Judas was not written by Fozzie. It was written... 
by somebody who sold it. Some professional guy? Yes, I do have it on good authority <laughs> that that was the case. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've heard I've heard some other Fozzie songs, and yeah, yeah. Nothing, this was a ghost-written song sold to them. Well, it was a good choice, Jericho. You made a it good choice. It was a great choice. It was a great choice. I gotta say that. Coming in at number four for me. Um, what what makes this what makes this piece so special for me? Uh, is 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 less so the song, but the presentation of it all. You know, the WWE and wrestling has come so far that that just the entrance music can be an entire spectacle of lights and video and flashes of this and flashes of that. Because Mike, you and I even saw I even saw this entrance theme in full effect with lights, video displays cutting in and out. Just the the, the speakers of the Air Canada Center. <laughs> And of course, the thin layer of dry ice fog as the fiend breaks through. That's right. I'm talking about Let Me In by Code Orange. The fiend introduction, the the hurt, the heel, the the, the lyric, the, the soft lyrics in between as he slowly makes his way down to his ring. And for the fans, all the cell phone lights that are up, all the little fireflies uh, up there. The song is so much more than just an entrance theme. It's 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 a spectacle. It is a and it was something that you and I got to be uh, got to be a part of the very first time, and uh, yeah, just it's a special, the very one. best time. I'll argue one some would say the very best time. <laughs> uh, so for all of those reasons, it's a special. It's a special track. Agreed. Very very good stuff. Uh, yeah. Speaking of spectacles, that's what my number three track here is a spectacle. Uh, especially when this wrestler first debuted, there was hype. There was buzz. Uh, but no one, yeah, I mean, you don't know what their music's going to sound like. But the first time he came out, we hear that little guitar. We hear the violin. And then Shinsuke Nakamura comes out with the most charisma you've ever seen. At least the first time we saw him. Fucking, he's dancing. He's doing his little poses. He's Michael Jackson. He's Freddie Mercury rolled into one. But without that music, he couldn't be dancing along so perfectly and posing. And, uh... You know, they've had people perform live so many times. Rick fucking what Boogs this past week was doing it live on the guitar. Boogs. So, uh, you know, they turned it into a rap song and then they brought it back. I'm talking about the original version here, The Rising Sun, Shinsuke Nakamura. What a track. And he was part of this group of solid NXT players with great tracks also. Oh yeah, that whole era of NXT. That whole era of NXT, all of their songs were perfect. Right between Jim Johnston and CFO Dollar Sign. When like <laughs> Trips had CFO Dollar Sign and Vince had Jim Johnston. It was just totally different. Yeah, really ushering in a new era of, uh, of mm -hmm. professional wrestlers. Yeah. Uh, one mic coming at number three uh, for me is what what make what makes this song pop for me is the immediate energy that comes after the victory, and for this man, victories are n no concern of his because he's getting so goddamn many of them. <laughs> this man has heard this track after championship victories in front of uh, thousands to millions. Because, of course, I'm talking about of the Flight of the Valkyries by Jim Johnston the, <laughs> uh, and Robert Wagner introducing Daniel Bryan. Um, not enough tracks being a level of excitement immediately after the bell rings. 
this is one of those yeah. songs that can the driving it's a theme we're all familiar with already we yeah. already know what the song is so it sounds so much more accessible to us and you know you add the thousands of cha- people chanting yes over top of it it just you know either one sounds weird without the other no it's it's a great track very well mixed the bass the drums it's heavy hitting it's hype it's yes 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 <laughs> it's everything and it's but more importantly more than that it's daniel bryan exactly yeah i couldn't see him with any other musics no he still came out to that as the planet's champion didn't he <sighs> yeah uh, i believe I so remember. yeah they just kind of put a little recycling logo yeah. <laughs> <laughs> daniel bryan god bless you mm-hmm. uh well i'm up to number two now mm-hmm. uh and so far it's been uh all men all men on this list uh so we're gonna stick with that theme but we're talking about the man, <laughs> the man, the greatest women's wrestling theme song in history. I'm going to say it. Becky Lynch. Uh, you already get hyped when she comes out to the ring. But when you hear that, whoa, oh, 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 you start to say, whoa, oh. And the guitar, the riffs, everything, everything about it. I just love it. Love singing it live. The couple times I've had the privilege um, and yeah, when she comes back the first time, that pop, when you hear that riff, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be huge. It's yeah. going to be huge. Baby face, new mom, Becky Lynch coming back to a big, whoa, whoa. don't yeah, even need words. Gonna go nuts. Just, just woes. Yeah. And then, hey, 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 hey. Yeah, that'll be big. Hopefully <laughs> soon, too. Hopefully soon, too. Hopefully. SummerSlam needs a big, big event. She'll be back. Uh, she'll be back this summer. I hope so. Yeah. Just what show will she be on? Uh, that's that's the real uh, question. question. Yeah, just yeah, where where will she be coming back? Um, that's a big one right here. I don't know. Uh, okay, great, Mike. Coming in at number two uh, for me. Another track where not only is the riff fun, but like I said, crowd interaction is such an important part of truly having a memorable theme. Because there are some themes of, 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 you know, some of the most famous wrestlers of all time. You can't really sing along to it. You can't really <laughs> hum along to, you know, stone cold coming out. I also feel like singing along in wrestling has only been done like the past 10 or 15 years. You know, they used to be just pieces of music. You know, but then somebody clicked in somebody's brain. It's like, no, let's get these people on their feet. Let's get them singing along. <laughs> and this is another example of that because I am talking about Shock the System, the classic Whee! CFO dollar sign. We are talking about the Undisputed Era and Adam Cole. Because not only does this guy, we, we get the big pop when you hear Shock the System. Mm-hmm. And it's just fun and interactive. We got the big boom, Adam Cole standing on the apron, which also picked up with popularity as more people f- figured it out, which oh, is yeah. also cool to see. The pr- it started with like six guys there going boom, and now it's yeah. the entire stadium going boom, and of course leading us to one of the top jeers, brags, taunts, whatever you want to call it, Adam Cole, baby. It's got to be one of the best <laughs> taunts of all time. And oh, yeah. he somehow gets tens of thousands of people uh, to sing it with him. Yeah. And we, I don't think we've ever seen babyface Adam Cole yet, 
like heel or you know maybe in that Pat McAfee kind of interaction he would have been the baby face there but he's getting all these people to cheer with him as a heel yeah so imagine if he was if he was trying to get him to cheer it would break the sound barrier <laughs> all right I guess that brings me to the big number one song entrance theme music in wrestling uh like you said you know crowds nowadays i mean there's a lot more singing along they know the words or a lot more songs even have words or i mean some of them are just real life songs in some cases uh but you know some wrestlers they're not singers but they say fuck it i'm going into the studio and i'm singing this song myself and you put out one of the greatest wrestling songs the greatest wrestling entrance music in my opinion belongs to the heartbreak kid Shawn michaels he's not just a sexy boy he's not just your boy toy he's the greatest wrestler of all time with the greatest music of all time and that's and, it Shawn michaels. And, and and mike you're the one who brought it up to me that i didn't know that that was his that he had sung in that in the first place <laughs> yeah i mean i'm sure there's uh you know the studio touched it up a bit they threw in some nice some chorus and stuff to help it feel sound better but that's him that's his voice yes it is his voice it is his voice and you know yeah the iconic yeah you know the little tom kind of fill the run dun 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 <laughs> yeah it's got a big heavy track the guitars uh, i feel like if he came out now in front of a crowd he'd probably get some singing along yeah. Like people started singing along to Vince McMahon's theme after a long time. They finally started singing the No Chance. Yeah. When he uh yeah, and he, does he does he come out to I mean when was the last time we saw him? I don't know if Vince or, or sorry, Shawn Michaels. But I imagine What's if that? he were to appear we would oh, probably yeah. hear his song. Yeah. Like if he were to, you know, cuz whenever we see him he's backstage in NXT. We haven't gotten that track in a while. <laughs> Not in a while, but we're yeah, sure. we're we're always one pay per view away from hearing Triple H's entrance music. Like we're always kind of <laughs> like, uh oh, it's gonna happen. It's gotta happen yeah. soon. Someone's gotta do it. Oh, that's great, Mike. That was a great number one. I feel like I knew you were gonna pick that. <laughs> it's just uh, iconic for me. I'll never. Yeah, yeah. I feel I feel, I feel like I knew that one was gonna come up. Well, Mike. Uh, um, yeah, let's get to my number one here, uh, because, um, it's a song that we haven't heard enough, because see what happens when you get to the main roster, uh, you can't, you can't have a sing alongable song, you're a, you're a bad boy. We don't want people singing <laughs> along with you. I mean, like you had just mentioned with the uh, the Rising Sun uh, Shinsuke moment. You know, uh, put the rap over top so nobody can sing it. You know, there's the, all these yeah. raps, but, you know, there's still a good chunk of people singing along like that. Like on that faithful night on SmackDown Live, the night heard round the world when he premiered. Um, however, we are going a different direction with it. Uh, CFO Dollar Sign making their appearance on the list for the like fifth time or something like this <laughs> legends in their own right in the professional wrestling theme song but i have to pick worlds apart by sammy zane it does all of those uh. things when sammy zane was 
silly heel and he would skank down to that ring. There wasn't a <laughs> single person in any arena. Doesn't matter where it was. There wasn't a single person not singing along, dancing along, being goofy for a sec. It's got the night, the fun horn section yeah. and just a series of woes and let's goes. Yeah, very easy to sing along one, to. And featuring a, 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 one of the more the, iconic theme song moments in professional wrestling uh, was a special episode of Moment of Bliss live from the Bell Center. Uh, you can check that one out on YouTube. Sami Zayn comes out to <laughs> a, the loudest cheer he's ever heard, sits down, and then somebody restarts the theme song, and they do it a whole other time sits down again and then the crowd just does one on their own it's <laughs> it's like this 30 second sting that you can just keep repeating and everyone's gonna love it um all the time and we don't get to hear it we don't get to hear that so much you know i well, hopefully when fans get back they're gonna want to cheer they're gonna want to be excited you see Sami Zayn coming down to that ring you're cheering your heart out yeah, that was uh, that was one of the songs that just missed the cut on my list. One of my one of the best ones. Just yes. of course, a, a lot of honorable mentions on on yeah. all on all sides of the board. But uh, I mean, the song was so good. He he threw out his shoulder the first night on Raw when he was pumped up doing a fist pump on his way to the ring. Really, like just because of the music. Dislocated yeah. his shoulder. Yeah. Wow. And he fought John Cena, and then he lost, and then he was gone for like six months because he got injured. Jesus Christ! But it was a great match. Did not did not know that did not know that about Sami Zayn. <laughs> but there you have it. Those were our ten uh, our ten top theme songs or five each. So that was an incredible uh, incredible list. Yeah, I gotta say now looking back at my list, I only had one track from like before the 2000s, even before the 2010s. I mean, it kind of feels like it. Like uh, you know, unless you're a big Limp Biscuit fan. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, there are some classics, but uh, yeah, no, it is what it is. Modern music seems to be ruling the rest of it. Yeah, it seems to be the new, it seems to be the new thing. Uh, you know, I mean, of course, you were to think of old guys. I had our, my oldest honorable mention would have been the Hardy Boys. Uh, yeah, yeah. that's a good one. That one gets a good pop too. But yeah, even when even when it comes to some of the top guys of all time, like Stone Cold, it's the glass break which is exciting, not <laughs> the rest of the song that's exciting. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Well, that was it. Another fun top five list. No. Fun to bust those out once in a while. Yeah, another fun list. Uh, and that's it for the lists. Let's keep moving on then, because uh, a week ago, we were told there was going to be a championship opportunity live on a Tuesday night. We're talking NXT. NXT. What does it mean? I don't know, but it's some good wrestling. So NXT. Watch and see. Gotta tap out a count out of one, two, three. So NXT. Where we are uh, an amount of time away from in your house. Uh, who knows what that amount of time is, nor do I care to know. Because NXT is usually just weekly action. And of course, we know we have this hot, hot, hot main event coming up soon. Yeah, I mean, there's uh, yeah, a couple hot things on this show tonight, but uh, we are promised that NXT World Heavyweight Championship match. World uh, Heavyweight Championship? Is this did the nomenclature yeah, I mean, I change know. recently? And I was on. Uh, I don't not... know. I just felt like saying it. Hey, you you <laughs> said it. I'll just fucking roll with it, baby. I'll just roll with it. 
Yeah, but uh, before that, we're getting some tag action here. Shotzi Blackheart, Ember Moon taking on Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai. Uh, yeah, some good tag team stuff. Um, Ember has Dakota in this cool submission, but then Raquel grabs her off, hoists her up for the one-arm powerbomb, but then Ember turns it midair into, I guess, like a modified version of the Eclipse. Can you call it the Eclipse if she doesn't do the twist thing? I thought the whole... It's just like a stunner. It's just kind of like a top rope stunner. Yeah. Anyways, she takes her out, but... Uh, and then Amber and Shotzi, they hit Dakota with their cool... It's like a dominator into a cutter. I don't know what they call it yet, mm. but cool finisher. They get the win. Uh, and then the heels are sore losers, and they beat them up after. Boo. Um. Yeah, so, I mean, now that I guess, you know, these title belts are off... Uh, Shotzi and Ember, maybe one of them, maybe Ember Moon would be the next kind of choice to get a uh, a championship opportunity. Somebody's looking for it, and, you know, I feel like she's been back here down in NXT long enough. Maybe uh, she deserves a champion, uh, championship match. Maybe. I mean, they did get the win here, though, so mm -hmm. maybe they are still vying for those tag titles. Okay, but... yeah, maybe trying to come back or something like that. I don't know, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. In the meantime, we got Pete Dunne taking on the returning Bobby Fish, who we have not seen wrestle at all in the year of 2021. But uh, I guess this was also the debut of his entrance music. Nothing pretty generic, but... Speaking of entrance talked, music, fairly generic. Yeah, generic. It's a good way of putting yeah, it. So, but he was the last one to come out, so the, the Undisputed Era theme is officially uh, at least retired at this moment. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't know where the hell Roddy Strong is, but... Way off off campus. Off campus, yeah. But, uh, yeah, Bobby Fish looked good. No ring rust. Uh, lots of back and forth. Just grappling, submissions, uh, trying to break each other's fingers and stuff. But, uh, Bobby has done in an arm bar, but Pete maneuvers right out of that and hits the bitter end. Gets the three count. So, Dunn wins. You know, I thought maybe Bobby, his first match back, you might want to get him a win, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. You know, I mean, I guess he's still. Uh, I guess they don't have that big of plans for Bobby Fish. Yeah, probably not. While he's you know, not. while it was his first match back, it was also a rare singles match. So maybe uh, there was no uh, need for him to win, especially against Peter Dunn. Peter yeah. Dunn. No, I mean Pete Dunn. Yeah, he's on a bit of a roll, Pete Dunn, and I think afterwards him and Larkin just beat down Fish some more, and no one saves him. No Kyle O'Reilly. No one's there. To no help baby him. faces in the back to make it happen. Yeah. <clears throat> then we go backstage where Mercedes Martinez is walking around, cutting a quick promo. Uh, but then behind her, we see Boa lurking in the shadows. So, hmm. Is he uh, scouting her or is he a punk? I don't know. Hmm. Boa. But, uh, yeah, either way, I've been I've been missing Tian Shaw the last few weeks, so nice to see him come back. Yeah, it, it was a little, it was very consistent for a long period of time too, and then uh, they've sort of moved past. Oh no, yeah, Weird. I don't know. Uh, we get a promo from Hit Row in the studio. They just kind of drop some rhymes and make some disses, right? Yeah, that was pretty much it. It was <laughs> like uh, just good old fashioned <laughs> rap battle. Yeah. You know, I didn't write down any particular rhymes, but it was it was good. Flowed well. Yeah, nor did you need to. <laughs> then we go to the ring. Mercedes Martinez takes on Zeta Ramir. Uh, we saw hit that nice shooting star press a few weeks ago. But uh, she's kind of gone back down to her job or role. 
She hangs in there for a bit, but Martinez is just too much for her. She hits the air raid crash to get the win. But then as she celebrates, the lights go out. The room fills up with the red fog. Uh, and then the big mark appears on the screen. And then as the lights turn back on, Mercedes, she's now got the mark on her hand. So it looks like we're going to get some Zia Lee Mercedes, which I'm, I'm into that. A Tian Sha. Or, yeah, uh, or maybe even we'll see the yeah the dragon lady fight. I forget her name. Well, that's it. You know, Mer- uh, Mer- Mercedes Martinez is the veteran who could help develop the next group of NXT uh, stars. You know, and maybe Zia Lee could get the rub. Tian yeah, Sha could liking. get the rub, or the mystery woman behind the group uh, yeah. could get the rub. That's exactly the way it's. I, I think that's the way it's got to go. Yeah, look, I just want to just want to see more. I like the way they built it up. So let's let's follow it through. Mm-hmm. Uh, but speaking of build-up, these two have been going at it for the last few weeks now because Cameron Grimes and the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, they're coming out to the ring for the Million Dollar Face-Off. Uh, but Grimes, you know, Grimes just ends up pouring his heart out. He says, well, I want to know why. You've been showing up trying to embarrass me and just outspend me. And Don't you realize, Ted, I look up to you. And the crowd, I love the crowd here. They just go, oh, they were, they <laughs> the were NXT, so into this. The NXT crowd <laughs> is one of the more interesting crowds because it, because it's clearly people handpicked by NXT to kind of be there, right? I bet a lot of performance center people, people with maybe Instagram accounts and shit like that, and to hear them, yeah, sympathizing with the greasy grimy or uh, booing MSK. You never know what these people are going to give you on any night. Yeah, I think some of them, I think there are a limited number of, like, non-contracted employees that are there. It seems like as friends though, and family. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I haven't heard anything about how people get tickets, which to me lead to me believe, like, it's invite only. Yeah. 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 But, uh, yeah, no, I love the reaction. They were sympathetic. Uh, Grimes just goes on. He's like, I saw that with money I can treat people terribly and they'll still like me. And DiBiase says, you know... I like you, kid. I really do. I put you through that hell because when I look at you, I see a bit of myself. And uh, But it's not all about the money. It's about performance in this ring. And you've got it. I've seen it. Uh, but since you've become rich, you've lost your focus. And like I said, the crowd was hanging on to every word of this. But they are interrupted by the asshole L.A. Knight. And he introduces himself to DiBiase. He just hypes himself up. But Grimes says, don't you get in this ring. You're not even a millionaire. Uh, But L.A. Knight pitches to Ted DiBiase that uh, he wants to team up with him. And Ted starts talking about some of Knight's positive qualities. But that just gets Grimes all riled up. And he says, no, L.A. Knight, you can leave the ring or I'm going to kick your ass to the moon. And the crowd was so hot, they start chanting to the moon. He's basically a full on baby face in this segment here. Uh, <laughs> he's he's got to be. He's got, if you're getting sympathy, you're a babyface. Yeah, but then L.A. Knight cheap shots him, and he hits. It looked pretty much like a stone cold stunner. Uh, he did it. He did that same maneuver in that uh that like gauntlet eliminator thing for the North American yeah. title. I can't remember what what it quite was. He he's done that before. Yeah, it's just weird. Yeah, it's weird that he because I mean it's Owens does it as a finisher. He just does it as a move, hmm. but. Anyways, DiBiase then stands over the top of the fallen Grimes and says, Kid, you're just never going to get it, are you? (laughs) 
as he laughs and he walks off with L.A. Knight. So goddamn, that Ted DiBiase. Goddamn. It was, it was uh, looking real wholesome there. Look- <laughs> he had to turn evil like he always does. Yeah, the whole thing just kind of being silly and over the top uh, was fun. You know, yeah, DBI, you know, and uh, we were we were thinking this for weeks. Yeah, Ted DiBiase handing over, just handing over that million-dollar championship, his entire legacy over to Cameron Grimes. You know, that's the easy answer. But no, let's make it complicated. Let's give it uh, let's give it some cojones. You know, having yeah. LA Knight, I think who was someone they brought in to maybe to, to be a little more over, hasn't quite gotten it yet, and maybe this is the chance. I think a lot of people who are... Not just WWE specific viewers will get a kick out of this match. You know, these are two people who have performed all over the world together and are good in ways that people who come out of the performance center aren't. Yeah, let's uh, do it. So let's do it. You know, the Grimes night. Uh, it, it's it's, it's going to be ridiculous in a good way for a long time. Yeah, for a long time. For the million dollar title at In Your House, do it. And you know, it, 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 long enough to turn Cameron Grimes babyface. You know, he yeah. hasn't been a babyface since coming here to the WWE, and uh, who knows, he could be better suited for it. He had that crowd on on the uh, tip of his finger. Oh yeah, people love him to the moon. You can put that on a shirt. You can do it all. You can sell that shirt to the moon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then we go backstage where Indy Hartwell is looking for Dexter Loomis. Uh, and she gets pointed in the direction of this little closet, just this dark room filled with uh, all of Dexter's art, just drawings all over the place. Uh, and the featured piece is uh, from a recreation of last week where he's standing over top of Indy at the massage parlor, but he's got a knife right in his heart. Some graphic imagery here. And Indy just goes, no, Dexter! So the love angle continues. Indy Hartwell Loomis. Index. Index. Uh, but it's time to move on because we've been hyping it up for a few weeks now. The world premiere of Frankie Monet. Uh, it's finally here. But right before she comes through the curtain, she hands off little Presley to some handler backstage. So no running from the dog this week. <laughs> but we did get a powerful in-ring debut. Uh, from Frankie Monet, and she took on Cora Jade, and she just dominates Jade and hits the uh, Glam Slam to get the victory. I think she called it something else. Uh, no, I think they called it the Glam Slam. Uh, yeah, Beth Phoenix was like, that looks familiar. Oh. <laughs> something like that. Yeah, it's hard to really rate a squash, a squash match. Uh, mm-hmm. Because as long as it's effective, it's effective. Now, if Frankie Monet was two and a half months into her NXT run and still doing squash matches, yeah, then there might be a problem. Um, but, you know, what's important here is that she was established. Yeah. Uh, which is all that really a squash match can do. Um, you know, and then her competition will only get more and more as she goes. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think a few weeks ago they did a little tease between her and Io Shirai. That could be a big yeah. first, uh, yeah, like a maybe a takeover match. Yeah. Uh, then Bronson Reed comes out to cut a promo about becoming the new North American champion. 14 long years in the business, climbing the mountain. He's finally made it. And he just puts the rest of the locker room on notice. So uh, Santos Escobar and the rest of the Legato, they come out cut a promo on him he wants that title uh 
they make a bad joke about Canada not counting as North America. <laughs> Something like that. Uh, but then they surround the ring. They're ready to attack. So MSK come out, make the save. And the three of the, the baby faces, they clean the house. Just clean that house, baby. Uh, what about him? What about him? What, 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 what about him? What about Bronson Reed gives us a promise for the future? What about him? Yeah. Uh, he's a good wrestler. Okay. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, just young. Don't really know much about him. Seen the few matches we've sort of seen with him. Yeah, I mean, the promo, yeah, didn't tell you a whole lot about him. Just your standard, I worked hard, and now I'm here. I worked hard, I ate my Vegemite, and now I'm here. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's sort of like I'm still, I feel like, yeah, we're just kind of, oh, we just got to be open to the possibility of something cool happening, you know? It'll yeah. come. No, I mean, uh, who knows how long he he's going to be this champion here. He could be one of the... It could be, I don't know. Yeah, uh, well, I think the big, yeah, the big takeaway here was to go down the fresh road rather than the expected rematch. Yeah. Uh, I don't think we saw anyone in the Gargano family household uh, this week. Uh, we saw Indy Hartwell, that's right. Yeah, yeah, no, um, yeah, but no, well, uh, we're going to see him next week because William Regal announces that uh, on next Tuesday's episode, Kyle O'Reilly, Pete Dunne, Johnny Gargano, triple threat match. To determine the number one contender for that NXT heavyweight title at In Your House Takeover. At In Your House Takeover, which is happening June some point. Yeah, before Hell in a Cell. Okay, okay. Probably like two weeks, I don't know. Uh, But before we can figure that out, we have to figure out who's actually going to be the champion going into that event. Uh, So let's just talk about the main event here. Karrion Cross defending the title against Finn Balor. Part two. Uh, They got plenty of time here. This was... Like the final half hour of the show almost. Oh, they uh, got a full 20 minutes. Yeah. At least. So, uh, you know, far hard fought, pretty even back and forth. Uh, but, you know, I mean, once again, Cross, I'm still not overly impressed. Okay. He's competent. He's fine. But I don't know. His, his moveset just isn't that exciting mm-hmm. to me. You know, mm-hmm. lots of heavy strikes. He's doing his submissions. Uh, I do. I'll give him credit. I do like the side Joe suplex. He does that nice. The big suplex, and then he looks for the big uh, back elbow, but Finn rolls through, gets a big two-count near fall, and then he tries to lock him up in this triangle choke of some sort. So he's got Cross locked in deep. He's fading. The ref is almost ready to call the bell, but Cross clutches on at the last moment. Uh, He raises his hand, and he powers out, slams Finn down, and then he hits Balor with the big elbow to the back of the head, and then he locks in a sleeper hold. And then knocks Finn out. That's the match. The cross Monster jacket. Tanked. The cross jacket, yeah. And that was it. Just... For the for the technical submission via referee stoppage <laughs> to retain yeah. that NXT championship. That was it. Uh, there's lots of hot rumors going around that Balor might be going back up to the main roster once again. Back up, it. eh? Yeah, I mean, he had a pretty great run here in NXT. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of rehabilitated his image for some people. Yeah, but. I mean, certainly, you know, having a championship victory uh, will do that to you. But yeah, I mean, it's it sort of, yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess you kind of brought it up right there. Karen Cross still not kind of doing it for you yet. Uh, you know, it could be this, it's this weird NXT booking thing, I feel like maybe, where. At least in the, the the era of NXT that I can maybe say like Andrade to now in terms of champions, right? Maybe Bobby Roode to now. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. Um, no one has felt this dominant. Adam Cole held that belt for so many months, and he was getting, you know, sometimes slimy victories. Uh, Ciampa was always getting these hard-fought victories. Aleister Black held the title there, but, I mean, this may be the most dominant NXT champ that, that we've had. I don't uh, think yeah, I, I can really, I don't know who would beat him, who could beat him. Um. Well... Yeah, I don't know. I don't yeah, know the, I mean, the roster feels, and for so many, for so many years, the roster was this little that the main event roster were those was Gargano, Ciampa, Adam Cole. Uh, then Finn Balor came back into the mix, and then it was Kyle O'Reilly. There, it was we sort of had this size limit <laughs> of what our main event was, and we were getting five star matches all over the place. And Keith and the little Keith Lee blip, and then over to Karen, and now Karen Cross is here, and it's like, no, you guys need to get to my level before I'm going to lose this championship. I don't know. We could be just starting this reign. <laughs> I don't know that that worries me, but we'll see. <laughs> it could be. Uh, I mean, we're at we're you know we're probably at maybe fifty days, maybe. I mean, God. We could another 315, and then we will have this conversation uh, on May 27th next year. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, but, yeah, we'll find out who his next challenger will be next week. Yeah, for that In Your House pay-per-view um, in mid-June. That was fantastic stuff, you know, before uh, that was the whole week. And although we don't have any AEW action this week because it's popping up on Friday because of TNT uh, NBA coverage, but we do have that um, Double or Nothing 2021 this week. So let's give our predictions right now. Uh, Mike, I'm going to book the match here for you. Sounds good. Book the card. I guess uh, I'm seeing here that we are I have a pre-show announcement. Serena Deeb taking on Riho. Haven't seen Riho in months. At least since that uh, AEW women's uh, tournament. Yeah, you know, she came back and I was impressed with her. She'd look better than I had remembered her being. So, uh, yeah, pre-show. Give them 15 minutes. Let them have a good match. Let's say, uh, yeah, let, let them have a good match. Uh, I don't see a championship change here, but this will be in front of a live crowd, so there's going to be some hot moments left, right, and center. Yeah, it'll be fun. Uh, coming up next, we're going to kick off the show just because, God, these things usually do kick off the show. We're talking about the Casino Battle Royal for the uh, championship opportunity in the future for that AEW belt. This has all your guys in here. Yeah, all the guys you'd expect. All Dark the Order, guys in the here Rose. that you're going to expect with only one TBA. Um, my kind of final picks, if I were to kind of, you know, kind of narrow it down to that final four, maybe final five, Christian Cage, Jungle Boy. We're going to see Jungle Boy there. He's going to go the distance and do some incredible things like he normally does. We're going to see Penta and uh, maybe the likes of Powerhouse Hobbs. Yeah, maybe even uh, QT Marshall, who they like to been they they've been featuring him a lot lately. QT Marshall, Preston Vance is getting so much dark uh, dark time. <laughs> Everyone else in the match is kind of dudes in tag teams that I don't think will you know stray too far from that. But these are usually good, uh, and it's about a royal, so we're not climbing the ladder for for the big ring. Yeah, or the big. And there's that TBA. There's chip. we don't know. There's mystery. There's always a little mystery. Yeah, there will still be a uh, there will still be a TBA. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, we're gonna get to our next match. Only so it's only the second match of the night. But you know, sometimes sometimes the important people they don't want to wait all night. 
I don't want to wait until 11 p.m. to have a fucking match. I want to have a match <laughs> at 8 so I can get drunk by 9 because we're going to have yeah. our three-way match for the AEW World Championship, the first um, three-way match in the belt's history, which is pretty fun. Kenny Omega will be defending against Orange Cassidy and Pac in what will probably be a lot of fun. Yeah, it's going to be wild. Uh, I mean, the, the referees in AEW already have a bit of lenience when it comes to shenanigans, but triple threat means weapons, anything. Anything's on the table. Anything is on the table, and I've, I, don't, I can't, I don't think I've ever seen Kenny Omega in this format of a match before. Uh, I think that might be what I'm actually the most excited for. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, this is going to be a great match. The crowd's going to love it. Yeah, crowd's going to love it. Kenny Omega's, though, he's walking home as the champion. Uh, no one's stepping close to that thing anytime soon. Let's get to our next match. You know, there's a lot of... Um, every championship um, with an AEW is on the line this week. Or, sorry, this weekend, except for... Oh, you know, one of the most prestigious championships in all of sports entertainment. When we're talking about the FTW championship, we have Adam <laughs> Hangman Page taking on Brian Cage in the battle of the rhyming names. Uh, Adam, um, these, when these two met kind of like last week and their kind of pre-match little brawl, you know, Brian Cage still wasn't able to hit that drill claw on Adam Page. That's a big move. He's a big boy. Uh, and this is also a match kind of putting to head two of these undefeated single streaks going at it. Yeah, I mean, the match, I'm sure it'll be fine. Uh, but this is one of the matches where, you know, if it starts to get around 1130, you're like, ah, oh, they might have been able to cut this one from the card. Put it on Dynamite instead. Put it on the Dynamite the night before. You know, and that's one thing that uh, SmackDown did. Took a match off of Mania and put it on the night before. Because why the fuck not? Like, it's a day away. Um, yeah, I do like Brian Cage matches, though. So, like, yeah, like you said, it'll be fun. But if we hit that point where it's like, we should stop. Stop. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's the one thing you can say about the, the COVID era for WWE pay-per-views. They've all been a pretty easy watch, just like two and a half hours. They've all been a pretty easy six, watch. That being said, though, this is the first pay-per-view back in front of crowds, so maybe it's like, yeah. I think they're going to be hot the whole time. Oh, yeah, they'll be hot. I mean, they only do pay-per-views every three, two months. Anyways, anyway, so. yeah, so, you know, it's going to be hot. Uh, no matter how you pull it, because I feel like God, we're still booking this card, and I'm looking at these matches. We still have a, we still have a <laughs> bunch to go. Let's get into it. We have uh, what will be that TNT Championship. We have Miro or Dante Martin. They're gonna have a little match <laughs> yeah. on uh, Friday to figure that out. But they're taking on Lance Archer. And uh, let's let's assume it's Miro. Yeah, uh, I think it's who, safe, very safe. I bet. think it's kind of safe to say that this will be Miro's biggest uh, match yet here in AEW. I think you know, short of I mean, he did win the championship, but well, match last week. But I'm talking about more physically, the biggest match he's had here in AEW. Lance Archer's a big boy. Yeah, um, here's how little faith I have in Dante Martin. You can't even click on his name to get linked to him. There's a not page. even a, there's not even a link. He doesn't even have a page. <laughs> doesn't Everyone even else have a, a link on his thing. Yeah. But uh, yeah, this will be a, a a big beefy match. Uh, hope to see some good holds. And Lance Archer, both of these guys are surprisingly quick for being so big and so old. Lance Archer's like 44 years old. <laughs> wow, that's a bit surprising. He's, yeah, way older than you think he should be or would be. I don't even know. Yeah. I'm still a little, I guess, Lance Archer. Is he a baby face or is he? 
We don't, don't quite know. know, but I think this match yeah. uh, will tell us. Well, if Jake Roberts had actually had a heart attack last week and Lance Archer made the save, that would be the babyface <laughs> move of the century. Lance Archer. Well, when you giving, saw Jake grab his chest. When I thought, when I thought Jake the Snake was dying <laughs> on top of the ramp, but it turns out oh. it was just like a weird camera cut. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that moment. Yeah, well, he's holding his chest. Uh, yeah. yeah, this this is gonna be a this is gonna be a fun <laughs> match. I think either way. Yeah, Miro is really turning it around for the last. Well, let's get to some tag team action, shall we? Because um, although he's been on TV for seven and a half months, Sting's only had one match, and it was pre-taped. But now is the alt the the hopefully an actual match. <laughs> we have Sting and Darby Allen taking yeah. on Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. This will probably be a match where Sting's going to be or Darby's going to be doing a lot of the legwork. Over yeah. there on that other side, uh, but it's tough to it's tough to see the baby faces taking a loss. Yeah, I mean, unless there's some uh, nefarious uh, cheating going it's on either there. Sting, it's either Sting gets pinned or Darby loses two in a row, and I don't know which one is uh, better or worse. Yeah, I don't know how far the team of Sky and Page is going to go, so... Yeah, let Sting have the nice, uh, happy moment in front of the crowd. Watch him get a win. I'd, love, I'd also love to see if this is the moment where Sting takes off the t-shirt and just kind of goes back to that, uh, you know, his kind of like onesie <laughs> thing. And also looking forward to, Ethan Page had that incredible promo last week. Uh, or at least I felt on AEW when he just stared down the barrel and was yelling at us via microphone. So it would be nice to see a good in-ring performance follow up a strong uh, promo like that. Yeah. Okay, let's get to it here. Um, God, we're still fucking booking this card. Oh, my Lanta. Well, let's just get to it because you can't have a, an AEW pay-per-view without having Cody Rhodes on it. And this one will be no different. Cody Rhodes is taking on Anthony Agogo with their series of friends and helpers and this, that, the other. This is going to be another one of those Cody matches uh, that we get every week. However, this is the one where Cody does the rub. Um, Anthony Agogo is going to be walking home with his victory. I don't know how it's going to happen. It might be nefarious. Arn might give a, a fucking, what does he do? A spine buster or two. <laughs> uh, but this could be the time. Cody's about to be a dad. Not to say that he's going to take time off, but we do know that the Cody Rhodes uh, um, like reality TV is coming out. He's got the kid coming out. If there's any chance for him to take a break, it would be now. And Anthony Agogo, they've been pumping this motherfucker up. Yeah, those body shots, they've been making them look like one of the deadliest moves in the company. So I want to see him just boom, 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 three, four big shots, knock Cody down. Uh, it could be. I mean, hell, remember that Cody uh, Brody match where we're like, yeah, this is going to be good, long, and hard hitting. And it was like, boom, boom, pin. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. shit. Uh, Cody Rhodes is no stranger to surprising booking decisions, <clears throat> and this could be no different. But he is bringing out the American dream for one night only. So who knows? Who knows? Who knows what that means? Who knows? That Maybe could that even just... add more implications to the uh, to that to that. Um, that match okay let's get to it then shall we because um just passing i believe actually the 365 day mark of holding the women's aw women's championship is shikaru shida and she will finally get the chance to lose that thing taken on <laughs> dr Britt baker dmd live this sunday um 
We've been saying it for weeks here on the show, if not months. Uh, not, only, not only does Dr. Britt Baker need to be the one to take to, to be the champion, uh, but it needs to be tonight or Sunday, rather. Yeah, this seems like the easiest decision to book out of all the matches. It, Even over Kenny Omega winning, this is this is the clear cut. It has to happen. Britt Baker needs to win this title. I can't. Yeah, if if you want this, if you want women's wrestling to not die here in the company. Uh, now is the time to put the women's championship on Britt Baker. You know, sometimes shit just doesn't work. And, you know, with the whole, you know, with, with the 2020 booking just in general. I mean, I guess she won it in May. But either way, uh, yeah, sometimes shit just doesn't work. And, you know, and sometimes you're just, you know, Hikaru Shida might just kind of be end up being a number in the record books. Kind of like when Brock just held the Universal Championship hostage for two and a half years. You know, it's like you're looking at the Universal Championship kind of history and you're like, yeah, the Brock doesn't really count. You kind of like scratch that one (laughs) out. You're like, I don't really, maybe the first one I count, maybe not the second one. Um, And Hikaru Shida, you know, hopefully she doesn't end up just being that, but I certainly don't think she's the one to keep going with this. No, the, you know, Brit's the heel, but the crowd's going to be all into her. Everyone wants to see her win. Yeah, sometimes we can want to see a heel win and that's no different. Yeah. Okay, coming up next here, Mike, we only have two matches left here on the card. Oh, boy, it feels like we've gone on <laughs> forever. Well, let's just get right to it because this will be uh, this will be the surprising booking decision of the night because uh, it's not quite our last match. It's our second last match. We have the second ever stadium stampede. We have the pinnacle. Whoa. Taking on the inner circle. If the inner circle loses, they must disband as a team forever. I don't know if that means they're allowed to put on fake masks and call themselves something different, or if they're <laughs> even allowed to share the same locker room backstage. I'm not sure, but uh, this one's gonna be fun. I don't know how they're gonna do it because you know, with uh, there could be kind of fans that they allow into uh, the actual um, the actual field area, uh, but I see it being just as chaotic. And fun as last year's. Yeah, I mean, sources say that, uh, I mean, it may even be start off as a pre-tape and then end up finishing in front of the live crowd in the ring. Mm-hmm. Uh, but either way, I'm sure we'll get a lot of funny, crazy, wild action. Yeah, we'll have another Chris Jericho putting a pylon on his head moment. Uh, for <laughs> <laughs> I haven't thought about that in months. That there was, was one shirt. of my moments of the year. There was a shirt. Yeah, they- <laughs> <laughs> Pretending to be a oh, witch. I have to look at that clip. Yeah, we'll have another okay. one of those moments. Uh, we'll have another... <laughs> We'll have another inner okay. circle dressed, uh, or like you know, having a similar ring attire. Last year they had football jerseys on, you know, to kind of give themselves that look. Oh, yeah. It's something the inner circle. They love themes. Yeah, we're going to be on different outfit. levels because even last year was pre-taped, so we could kind of. Because wasn't there a bit where Matt Hardy kept getting dunked in the pool and he kept coming up as like a different yeah. Matt Hardy? Yeah, there was definitely some camera trickery. There was the the. The Northern Lights suplexes all the way down the football field. Yeah, yeah, and uh, but this time the inner circle is on the other on the other side of this coin, you know, hoping for the win. And I would like to see the inner circle win just because I don't want to see them the babyface inner circle disband. Yeah, I mean the Pinnacle got the blood and guts win. The inner circle can win here, and then. I mean, law law dictates they have to have the final final. That would have to be the final final. But I don't know where they go from there. What's the third step? Um, 
I don't know. Can they fight in space or something? Is that a? Is that uh, the? I mean, has anyone ever done an anti gravity match? If Elon Musk owned the company, they might be able to. Yeah, what can we do here? Yeah, who knows? Yeah. But yeah, it, it it seems it seems a little too on the nose. The inner circle has to win because there's two six man factions. <laughs> so it sort of seems as though they are destined to go at it until uh, until we have a complete victor. Yeah, but you never know in this crazy world of wrestling. Never know. I mean, if this was WWE, I'd be like, oh, yeah, they're breaking them up. They love breaking <laughs> oh, they're breaking them up for sure. <laughs> they're breaking them up, and they're going to fire everybody. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Which means we only have one more match left on the card, uh, which is our main event for that AEW Tag Team Championship. We have the Young Bucks will be defending against John Moxley and Eddie Kingston. Um, multiple shooty winners all across this match. Of course, the Elite uh, is going to be nearby for some reason. Uh, the Young Bucks are going to come out wearing something expensive. John Moxley. <laughs> fake, fake Jordans. Fake stuff. Moxley and Kingston are going to come out from the crowd. There's certain elements of this match which we know are going to happen. Uh, but I think one thing which continues to remain a mystery who's going to get the win? Uh, could be Moxley and Kingston. I think it could maybe be Moxley and Kingston. You know, the Young Bucks have, they won this championship back at full gear when they took on FTR, which was last November, November the 7th. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's been a long time for one guy to carry the belt. You know, they, uh, for a company who loves tag teams, there are only a few tag teams who have actually held the gold. There are a lot of tag teams out there. I think I'm with you. Moxley and Kingston need to get the win. Imagine that. Eddie Kingston's first fucking... Uh, if, if, if Eddie Kingston and John Moxley can get the win, this is going to be the Joe Sackick giving the Stanley Cup to Ray Bork moment. <laughs> you know, if, so Ray Bork could lift it first. We all remember there wasn't a dry eye in the house when that happened. <laughs> Seeing Eddie Kingston raise... A championship belt in a major promotion in front of thousands of people. That's gonna be a that's gonna be a moment that we will remember forever, if they book it. I mean, they can book the win, but you've booked it as your main event. I've booked it as the you... main because that 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 moment's gonna be more powerful than anything else on the card <laughs> prior, and they know it. Tony Khan knows it. He loves to watch people cry. I mean, I agree on the emotion, but I, I don't think they'll put it in the main event spot. Mm -hmm. That's just what. Yeah. But hey, I'm not saying it wouldn't deserve it. Of course not. Of course not. What I've, well, either way, whatever happens to the actual event itself um, or at the actual event itself, it's going to be a banger. These guys put on good pay-per-views. I'm just worried about going way too long. That's all I'm worried about. <laughs> yeah. Way It'll go too long. long. Uh, I'm also worried about if... Uh, the playoff second round could start that Sunday night, so I'll have to watch the game and then oh, I'll be I won't be starting this pay per view till like midnight. Oh shit. <laughs> oh shit. You're not even a Probably not even a dual screen action? No, not for the playoffs. Not for the playoffs. playoffs. Yeah. No, that's right. That's right. That was the uh, that was the entire card, and hey, that was the entire show. Running a long one this week. Let's get to our final segment of the week of the the show. And of course we were talking about the Wrestler of the week. Mr. Wrestler of the week of the week. 
this one off for you because um yeah i th- uh, we, we were talking about him earlier over there on the nxt brand uh it, it it's it's an interesting thing when you're not over yet and you got to work for it you know not only win over the rest of the locker room you know the fans in in attendance but the fans at home and sometimes it takes longer sometimes it's quick but I gotta say, I think this match this week, this NXT Championship defense by Karrion Cross, really put him over a little bit more in my book. And anytime he has matches, he he's really getting there for me. And my Mike, I think he'll get there for you one day too. I really <laughs> awesome. do. I really hey, you know. do. Because um, I, you're already sold on his, like you know, the aesthetic and Scarlet. You're sold on that. Mostly Scarlet. Exactly. Like you're already there. All you need is just, you know, all you need is the right set of circumstances. And I think uh, this week, you know, put him over finally for me. It took him long enough, but I think Karen Cross is over. Uh, and he's also the wrestler of the week. Well, that is your right and your privilege. Uh, but I'm going to go in a different direction. Similar type of deal, though. Someone who, uh, you know, that we haven't quite seen. The, the limits of what they're capable of in the ring. And I think this week we got to see a lot more than we're used to out of him because Mr. Xavier Woods had a great singles match there with AJ Styles. And, you know, at some point he's going to get a singles push. Kofi and Big E had theirs. He'll get his one day. I think it was, uh, no, it was Xavier and Matt Riddle. But yes, very good. No, I said, yeah. Wait, did you say Xavier Woods or Kofi? Xavier Woods is my wrestler of the week. Yeah. When I said he'll get the singles push like Kofi. And oh, Vicky he'll get did the singles push like Kofi. My mistake. Sorry, sorry. Misheard yeah. you. Misheard yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. That's all good. But uh, Xavier Woods, I think maybe first ever wrestler of the week for him. Yeah, it could be. If not, you know, definitely his first ever win I mean, as, a, uh, as a member of a, you know, his, his own yeah. solo person. Yes, it is. His first, his very first wrestler of the week uh, award. Excellent. Which is great stuff. Um, well, that's fantastic. Well, that means that uh, that means that's it for the show. Rate, review, like, and subscribe. The show's everywhere. Uh, we'll be back next week covering all of the, oh, pardon me, double or nothing uh, coverage. Yeah, on a Sunday. Don't forget, folks. Don't forget. Sunday. This isn't the WWE, but we're still working on Sundays. <laughs> Yeah. We're still working on Sundays, and so be sure to check out all that Toronto Maple Leafs action, if that's the Woo. case. Uh, go Leafs, go baby Mike. You take care of yourself. Two.